<laughs> All right. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Candice Show. Of course, this is Candice. And it's V. <laughs> How are you doing, dude? I'm doing pretty good, honestly. I've been having a really great week, and it's ended off in a pretty nice bang. I've been painting, and I feel good about it. How about you? Uh, I guess you could say like I've been pretty busy. Like I, I went to a baseball game yesterday. That was pretty cool. Um, and I have been feeling this sudden need to just podcast every day. And I'm like, you know what, dude? I wonder if this is like just that calling. I, I, I like yeah. literally just don't stop thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that reminds me of when I do poetry and like I've been recently writing some and I just want to perform it. Sometimes there's like a calling out there for you, and I think you're doing pretty good. So yeah, you gotta keep on doing it. <laughs> you know that's funny you said that about your poetry. Like I have like felt it in my tummy that I just miss going on stage and like doing it. You know? Same. Oh my god, I love. It's kind of like a rush, and you're like nervous, but you know you're about to kill it. Well, it's not really about killing it. It's about like finally expressing yourself i've never felt so validated as being just listened to as i tell my truth you know but bro aren't you killing it you gotta think about it you came up in your head put down on paper whatever the hell you were thinking no matter how painful and raw it was you then went on stage to write your to like recite your own work it's sick nasty Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's really fun, honestly. My favorite time was when I did an African-American tribute. It was uh, for African-American Celebration Month, eh? Um, <laughs> basically, I, I set it out to, like, everybody in my high school. And this is, like, a while ago that really just made me feel so bright. Like, I was so happy that I got to just express myself for the first time. It was the first time I ever did poetry out loud, and it was on a stage in front of the oh, wow. entire school. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I did it. And I swear to you, everybody stood up and clapped. And I was so scared at first. But in the end, it's so rewarding to just have people like hear what you have to say and not necessarily like they always have to clap and you know a whole thing like that but it just felt so validating and nice and people really heard me you know it was cool well that right there makes me feel really good like dude i'm happy for you it's <laughs> it's a thing and it's it's such a huge like I say it's a it's a huge hill to get over like writing your own stuff just being creative in your own universe you're saying like a lot of times like I struggle with believing in myself so it's like I second guess every like the hell am I saying every idea I have I second guess every thought I think of like I don't trust myself <laughs> and it's yeah. interesting you know it's like fuck <laughs> Yeah, it's honestly hard to believe in yourself. Have you ever like tried writing it down in a poem for yourself? It really helps. Like I recognize some crazy shit by <laughs> just writing it out. And it's almost like talking to yourself in shorthand, you know? So you mean kind of like writing a poem about how I'm feeling per se? Yeah, exactly that. Like how you feel like 
you're not where you want to be or I mean you could write about anything honestly everything you've said so far you can write into a poem even about writing a poem there's poems that are famous about just taking the road not traveled like it's it's about feelings and and things that you can't say with regular words you know okay fair I I do write tons of poetry already like nice. I have these like spurts where like Again, I just don't believe in myself. I feel like my work sucks and like I don't even I'm trying to do anything. I think they call it the imposter syndrome. Like Ooh, I yeah. get the imposter syndrome and then I am doing the thing, like telling myself I'm a failure and failing. <laughs> uh, I I think I may have imposter syndrome. <laughs> oh, cause so many times I feel like I'm like, like you can say that I'm doing all right, but to me, I'm like, yeah, but like, I'm not doing the best. I'm not doing like, like more than I'm, I guess other people expect. I don't know. My expectations are a thousand times higher than anyone else. And I feel like to me, I'm failing whatever non-existent goal in my head ha is, if I'm not doing it, <laughs> like, you know, cause like there's not a real person that's telling me I have to do these things. It's just in my own thoughts, you know, but it's still really important. And yet I still feel like if I don't do those really important things, I have failed everything. You know what I mean? Like literally the world just like, like okay. I gotta tell you, you have 11,000 followers. That is bomb diggity, like oh what gosh. the, like that is amazing. <laughs> that is famous in my mind. But I, I'm gonna ask you, do you feel like you have accomplished that? I, okay, so like, it surprises me every time I do decide to just look at it. Like, I <laughs> get excited, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm doing the thing, but then I'm like, but what does that even mean? I've got 11,000 followers. How did I get here? Why did I get here? Like, can I maintain getting more? I don't want to deal with these followers. Who are they even following? That sounds a lot and... of future stuff and not about what you just accomplished. <laughs> right? But at the same time, it's like, okay, cool. I got over this hill. I am sweating. I'm, I'm relieved that I made it over the hill. Now I have a bigger hill to get over right oh my god yes it's like when you like in class when you get an a and you're like okay cool but like what about the next test and the next test and the next test you know yeah. like it's and there's also levels like you you have eleven thousand now you want to do a hundred thousand now you want to do a million followers now like a hundred million like i mean i'm pretty sure you can do all of those you've accomplished so much already in such a short amount of time so i can only imagine like and especially well, doing things like this. <laughs> One of our topics was to see what is it like, like what does it mean to have friendships and relationships? And like, how do you know about a healthy one? You know, like we were discussing that for a while. And, and girl, I'm telling you, the people in the South treat you significantly different than the people out here in the Northern, the North, the, the Midwest. In a, in a good way or in a bad I mean I I like the southern hospitality thing but mm -hmm. like Florida is not like that <laughs> Florida is like filled with creeps honest no no of offense course, exactly Florida, but like you know Florida man is real okay <laughs> like I have seen alligators come out of my like <laughs> 
I mean, I, the animals are fine. It's the people that I can't deal with. Like, right? I don't like people are terrified of freaking alligators and shit. And I'm like, dude, you are more likely to be stolen by a man before you get eaten or uh, bitten by a shark. Or <laughs> mm, ain't that the truth? And to that point, right? <laughs> what's actually a healthy relationship actually look like? Because like that's craziness, and that is so common. Like, oh yeah, exactly. Like that kind of how do I say? Like that behavior, I guess, is common. I personally used to be the toxic Betty, so I am now learning like what is and what isn't acceptable. I'm learning just different things that makes me personally feel better about myself. Like I have BPD, so I'm always going to be in like how do they say? I guess they call it remission. I'm always going to be in a place of, like, the potential to fuck up. So, uh, I used to be really friends or whoever I was dating. Like, no, I don't want you to have friends. No, I don't want you to talk to this person. Like, no, I don't want you to go hang out. If you go hang out, that means you're you're instantly going to go sleep with someone else. Like, I, I know this. And meanwhile, it's none of that. I used to, like get into these screaming matches just to see if they would hit me or different things like that. Like, I was fucked up. Or, like, I think, like, the most fucked up thing I've ever done, like, relationship-wise was, like, I slept with my ex's brother. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just that I have a similar story, so it's just a little funny. I slept with my ex's best friend. Damn, that man was but they, but we also had a threesome, so I don't know. Um, like... But it's okay, man. Shit, like there, this is a awesome. judgment-free zone. Like, oh no, it was talking today. Honestly, that was some of the best sex I ever had. Like, I was so happy. So, nah, I'm quite. <laughs> but like, it was just a little funny because, like, it's not like I was trying to get back at them or anything. It just happened to work out that way. They were both very great. <laughs> I think that I was absolutely disappointed when I had cheated with his brother because it's like, damn dude, like if I'm gonna cheat, at least make the sex be good. But maybe that was the karma of it, you know what I'm saying? Maybe that was the karma. Someone was gonna talk super highly about their sex, how good their dick is, and you get there and it's like it's like someone instead of cooking uh corn dog nuggets in the stove, they went to microwave. Ooh, oh, I get you. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like my last encounter with sex was my most regrettable encounter with sex. Really? <laughs> Why? Yeah, because there were one too many people involved, and two, it's just I didn't actually have sex, oh, so I got none of the positives of any of it. It was very like you know they ended up doing stuff for fun or whatever, but I wasn't into it. And like, it was just so weird to watch. Like I'm normally okay with just like having fun. I like to watch other people, it's all good. But like, that was just not very fun. And then I found out that them two were cheating on this girl, therefore me also being part of that cheating. Um, And I just, I was like, nah, and ended that relationship real quick. But like, that's gross. (laughs) Like, Like, I was like, it felt gross on me, you know? Like, I think it felt like the worst part of 
like something that I've done to someone because I didn't want to be part of that and and then also not get anything good out of it you know what I'm saying like sad but that's the thing sometimes we're not always the best right of course and honestly I've learned like fuck that um first of all communication communication like that has to be a thing before you even try doing like you know exploring and stuff like that I feel like people skip that step too much you know yeah I think that people struggle with communicating in general like it's simple things people don't want to communicate relationships they don't want to communicate Mm. in their work Um, they don't want to communicate with just anything it's almost like conflict is too much or any type of like I guess conflict is the word really like just not wanting to involve yourself with any type of confrontation and that's valid because like honestly i don't want to get into a fight with nobody i will lose like i know i am four foot nothing not almost four foot eleven so like i don't think i could fight no one and anytime i got into like an argument or like a screaming match with someone all i could think of is i gotta get out of here because like i just i just don't feel comfortable and it just made me very averse to like fighting with people but you don't have to fight with people that's like the hardest part that people are i'm still trying to learn you know like you can have discussions with people you can talk and communicate openly but like it's so difficult with some people i feel like knowing the boundaries in that is what makes people have like healthy or you know unhealthy relationships because right it's there's such a line you know like like, I don't want to hear people, like, screaming in my ear ever again, you know? Like, it was just... And then someone, like, threw something at me multiple times. I was like, nah, I'm good, you know? Like, that's not good communication. That's the opposite. No. I, and people have this thing where, like, minor inconveniences becomes, like, the greatest disrespect. And mm-hmm. people are ready to take your whole head off. Like, And I feel like a lot of people are already like in general have all this rage behind like themselves like people who haven't decided to heal people who aren't like act- actively working on themselves yeah they're kind of just like taking time off per se so when they get into these relationships and they it, they say that it's it's your fault when you open the door and let something happen so if you allowed your spouse to like put their hands on you right away and you just forgave them and let it be like you open the door to allowing that to come future wise you made you set the boundary for what is and what is not okay in your relationship Ooh, ain't i wish i could frame that right there like those lines i didn't think about that at all but honestly you're right like boundaries are extremely important to set in the beginning as well as make sure people don't cross them and what happens after you cross them you know like uh-huh. when i had issues with my ex i was like i i didn't even know what to do i was so lost i'm like they crossed my boundary very way well past that what do i do next i ended up leaving and you know stop giving them my time effort money and everything else you know like but right. like it's so difficult to even set those boundaries, you know, like someone touching you inappropriately. Ah, that's yeah, scary. <sighs> it's a, it's a really 
it, it, it is scary. It's very uncomfortable. Like someone taking like a part of you away from you. Like it, it's one thing for someone to cuss you out. It's another thing for someone to like scratch your car or how do I say like just destroy things that are tangible. Yeah. But if someone touches you sexually, it's a feeling of like losing yourself that I never ever ever could find a replacement of. That's a really good way of putting that. I felt like I lost something first time someone took that from me and touched me inappropriately. And I just don't know like why, but like, I mean, like, it doesn't really matter. I feel like every time someone has sexually assaulted me, they have taken a piece of me, 100%. It has been the weirdest thing to just feel like you're broken in pieces. And I felt like people kept taking those pieces and just like kept, like like right. I try and put it back together in like a nice base or something, all remolded and nice. And this one just destroys that. And like that, right, it, it scares the shit out of me. Like I'm, I'm afraid of getting into relationships because I'm afraid of breaking my heart again, you know? Ugh. Such a scary thing. Like being in a relationship with Nick is my first healthy relationship ever. The first one when I've never like had any screaming matches. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> I've never argued with him. Like I tell him about how I feel and we discuss it and that's that. Like I've never had to argue. And there are times where it's really challenging where like I expect someone to yell or scream at me and because Nick isn't that type of person, like it leaves me with having to communicate better. I love that word, communicate. That is yeah. the vibe of tonight. A hundred percent. That's the thing. Uh, do you feel like you guys may have discussions and talk about things rather than fighting? Or do you feel like it's just gone completely? Like you guys are perfectly in sync all the time? Um. Okay, so... It's both in a weird way. Like Good. sometimes okay. I will, uh, here, the other day I was sweeping the floor and Nick was getting coffee and he turns to me to say, Hey babe, do you want some coffee? Before he finished Aww. his sentence, I said, yes. And I didn't Aww. know what he was doing. It just kind of like happened that way. Or like sometimes we'll finish our same sentences and it, it spooks us both. Like we'll be like, wow, fuck. You just <laughs> finished our sentence. <laughs> that is literally the sweetest thing ever. Ugh. See, I have a lot of like dorky things with Nick that like I just never told him. <laughs> well, I mean, you're here to talk about your amazing relationship because like I really want to know what it takes to have a healthy one because I feel like I've just seen a string of bad ones and I don't really know what it means. Like if you were to describe some things that you feel like are the best parts of your relationship, what would you say? The unyielding love. Like if he, I, I don't know, and I know, stop it. I'm gay, so fuck you. <laughs> I am a raging Gay. To my listeners, uh, I am a pansexual. Yay! <laughs> but, oh, I am pansexual too, but like I still say gay. <laughs> to what I was saying, 
um, it's when I first met Nick, like I literally was hanging out with him in my basement and we were about to like smoke and whatever. And I was talking to him about something and we got excited about something. And I was like, I love, I mean, I really like you. And that was, I'm telling you like, dude, first time having like a date with him, I'd say that shit. And I know it's super gay, right? I know that. And then <laughs> we went to a bar and he proposed to me with a lifesaver. Still, again, same, like, week or whatever. Gay! <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. So I was telling him, I was like, dude, I woke up the next day and I was like, we can't know. Like, this isn't fucking happening. Like. I, I'm already like I already had a failed marriage. I'm not doing this shit again. <laughs> we dated for like six months, and then I broke up with him because I wanted to like unalive myself every day. And it was finally getting to the point where like I felt like I just didn't want to involve someone I cared about with like me wanting to unalive myself. I thought that that was like the higher road, I guess. I get that, but also that sounds like you wanted an escape. Well, there you go. Like, I was just like, fuck it. Like, dude, I did it, okay? Anyways. <laughs> we didn't see each other for, like, two weeks or so, but he still texted me. We, like, mm-hmm. we kept our snap straight. Um, he, uh, after a while, he just kind of kept coming over. He literally didn't miss a day. Oh, he's saving you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so, I was you might as well just say we never broke up. Like, we just, you never left. <laughs> Over time, we understood things. We talked about our feelings. Like, he gets around to, like, trying to talk about his feelings. It's not as weird as it used to be. But to the point of a healthy relationship, you have to literally want the relationship. If you don't, then there really is no point. Like, people Mm -hmm. don't want to commit to other people. That's the thing why you won't have a healthy relationship. Like, Mm -hmm. commitment's scary. Um, How else do I say? Like, Like, losing... I wouldn't even say that you're losing freedom, per se. You are getting under this new blanket of respect, per se. Like, like you can't just be out here fucking around. Like, you have a spouse. You have someone who expects you to be respectful to them and their love and their sacrifice for you as a person, I guess. Yeah, that sounds scary. <laughs> <laughs> I think only because I'm also a D4C and it just reminds me of the fact I was like, oh my God, I'm giving this ring to somebody who's going to be here forever. And then they weren't, you know, and it just sounds scary to like go into that. But you're right. Like the only way to have like a healthy relationship and like give it your all is to actually be like, I want this next and I want this to work, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Like, I Nick is younger than me. Like, he's 22 and I'm 28. And I've known him since he was 20. I've always freaked out, like, thinking, like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm like some kind of pedo or something. I don't know. He's the youngest guy I've ever dated. And I was telling him how, like, I feel like there's a lot of pressure with him because I have kids. Mm. It's not that I make my kids call him, like, stepdad or any of that stuff. Like, no, I want Nick to be Nick. But that shit happened like my daughter she has school she has girly attitude she is just so not 21 vibes Mm. I guess and 
as I'm sitting here like feeling all distraught about this, I turn to Nick and I'm like, dude, I don't know why you even like put yourself through it. Like, I know it's hard, but you don't have to stay because you feel sorry for me or something. And he goes, a man would do crazy things for love. Oh, I know. Come on. Okay. Yeah. I know it is. It is. It is. It's hard for me to like sit and relish in the fact that I am a sweet guy. But I don't want like listeners. I don't want you guys to feel some type of way. Understand that you have to go through your karma. Like you have to go and meet your one, two, three. Your first love, your second love, and your last love. You have to go through those stages. It's a part of life. Like getting your your boo boos and your ouchies. And I'm just trying to say. Motherfucker, I deserve this relationship. Yeah, I have you do. gone through it and a half. No, I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> you do deserve a good relationship, dude. And like, I'm so proud of you for like working through and have because like it's not just one sided, bro. Like, I know you're talking all about him, but I am curious. What are some of the things that you do for him that you do for love? Um, so I'd like to say that one of my biggest sacrifices is really working on my mental health. Um, a. And, I, and I don't want anybody to think like, oh, wow, like as if working on your mental health is important. No, no I am borderline personality disorder. I am diagnosed with something that's very complicated to deal with on a daily basis. Like not only do I sometimes hate the fuck out of myself, but I absolutely like dis. How do I see? Like, I don't care about living anything. And people are like, well, how do you not care? Like, I want you to understand thoroughly. Like, I will not care. I don't care about, like, being around, I guess. And it's only because, like, I don't know, like, the, the illness in itself is just, I almost want to say it's like a detachment from the soul, the source, per se. And working on your mental health is like, connecting the cords or wires to your previous self like you have to go back to your childhood self your teen self your young adult self and work on the things that you lost like those fragmented parts of you <laughs> and i know that was like a big ass feel oh my god <laughs> no that was amazing that was a really vulnerable place to be in as well um I'm, i thank you for at least talking about that and letting us know kind of what you're going through I used to like not know why I wanted to unalive myself but I just didn't want to be here and I know now that like not that I would want this to happen like God forbid but if I ever broke up with Nick I know now that I could still live and want to live like I've reached that point in my life where I don't want to die anymore I uh understand like life's gonna be hard and like mm. i don't have to want to like pull the trigger every time something is inconveniencing or something sucks like take your how do you say like you take your stripes yeah you walk with them Ooh, that's a hard one though because i've definitely wanted to unalive myself before and i'm working on it i got some therapy going hey <laughs> you know hey and I'm proud of you for working on it as well. It's really hard to do, especially when you're going through something like that. Like BPD does not sound in any way like easy to deal with at all. It sounds like a struggle at every moment. 
it is like it's um i think people are saying that in certain places like maybe not even the states and listeners please do not quote me on this i do not know if this is true but people are saying that uh people with bpd are approved for assisted suicide yeah i i think i did hear something about that as well as ptsd which is what i got hey, that's that okay maybe i shouldn't know that but all right <laughs> like, <Shit> brave. <laughs> but it it makes sense like because like sometimes my thoughts do not stop they're constant and they're constant negative moments in my life and if they didn't flash in front of my head constantly i might be able to not disassociate in the middle of driving but i do <laughs> so like sometimes I don't know. Unaliving ourselves sounds nicer, but it's so much harder to work and feel, I don't know, anything other than wanting that, you know? So I got to give it to you on that. Yeah. I think it's just like one night I was like just kind of raging wars with myself. Like I really wanted to unalive myself. Like I felt like I had one foot out of the door, like one foot in the grave, one foot. What the hell is this saying, dude? You, you know what I'm trying to say. Oh, well, um, one <laughs> foot in I the felt grave. Like that. Like I was, I was there. Mm. You see, what I'm saying like, I, I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just cannot put it together right now. But that was me. I was done. Like I was basically slowly kissing my kids goodbye, like thinking of ways to just like not be around. But anyways. I kind of realized during that night of like raging this war that I could never give myself a reason of why I deserve to die or why I didn't need to be here. Like I, I asked myself that several times. I was like, cool. If you give me a good reason why it would make sense for you to unalive yourself, like why, why something positive would come from this, then fine. Let's rock and roll. So logic. You can't, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no logic to it. I've totally tried. <laughs> like, I agree. It's really difficult to figure out. Well, I also, there's, there's a healthy amount of people in your life that also make you feel that you don't necessarily have to unalive yourself, you know? Yeah. It's, it's true. important to have, because you just mentioned it. You said your to your kids goodbye. Like you still cared about them so much that you were thinking about your kids in that moment before you even thought about okay, what would be the reason? You know? Like Yeah. I'm a people I <laughs> the thing that sorry, I don't even mean to interrupt you. Go for it. The thing that I heard to myself was like the following day. If I peaced out that night and I and um my kids were there the next day. Like, how would my daughter mourn? I and thought I instantly the shut thing. the fuck up. Ooh, oh, I kept thinking, okay, but what if my friends see me? Who's gonna find me? You know what I'm saying? I was like, I can't, yeah. I can't let them find this. It just. Also, my brother committed suicide, and that broke me pretty hard. And I don't think I can. Your brother did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. Um, it's, uh, I miss him. I miss him a lot. And I don't think I can do that to someone else. I, I just wish I had like one more day with him. Just, 
just one would be just totally fine in the world but i think one day i'll see him again you know yeah <laughs> but it's it's a decision that affects more than just you exactly. i feel like he thought that there was no way out and no one was there for him and to be honest i wasn't there for him i was homeless at that time so like i had no avenue of figuring stuff out but or i wasn't necessarily homeless but i was struggling and i hadn't talked to him in a long time and and then he was just gone you know and it's a hard thing for family and friends to deal with so for the listeners out there if you are feeling in any way type or form and you want to figure out a reason on why to stay Think about the ones who love you, even if they're just thinking about you. Because I'm telling you, I miss my bro a lot. You know? You know, I kind of want to add to that. Like, in my time of wanting to do that, I kept getting so pissed off at everyone else because nobody was there for me, nobody wanted to speak to me. Like, I didn't feel like I could depend on anyone other than, like, nobody really. Mm. And I'd be like, wow, you know, if something ever happened to me, no one's there for me. But if they need me, I'm there for them. Yeah. And then it dawned on me, like, it dawned on me that I literally am not willing to save myself. I am sitting there drowning in the ocean and I, and I, and I should know how to swim, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I should want to try to save myself and not necessarily just expect a lifeguard to. I... I'm not saying this in like a negative way for people who do decide to commit suicide because there are people in this world that literally have nobody. Yeah. Or it's, you it's know. hard to process, I guess. There's a lot of things um, that people struggle with on the daily that you can never really like quantify. I can never say like, I totally understand what someone's going through to be able to make that decision. Because I don't know what my brother thought of, but I his dad had just passed away and he felt so cut off from the world. And I know that there was so much more to his life going on that I, I don't, I still don't know about. But there's so much people are going through and so much pain sometimes in our lives that like we do things that, you know, we can, we commit suicide and, and he did, but like, you know, I don't know. Um, I do hope that like, at the very least, I think about me as being the only person who can really hold me. <laughs> and it's not really me. I think of me holding my inner child, <laughs> my 16-year-old me who really wanted to commit suicide or like the 20-year-old me who was like, I don't know what, I, I don't know what to do in life and is homeless and kicked out and doesn't know where to go and literally looked into the stars and thought, you know what? That's a good idea. I'm just going to see if I can travel to the stars and eventually worked her way up there. You know, like it's, I don't know, dude. It's a crazy life. Sometimes, like, 
like when people are like dude there's nothing to live for like i don't have this or i don't have that or you know such and such left me it's it's a remarkable thing that if you just sit down and quiet all of that noise and realize that like like you literally have everything you need in this moment i have met people that literally only carry all of their belongings most people go home and shut their doors at night and they are like still feeling like the, the world is awful and again i'm not saying this in a negative way i'm saying yeah. that if we have looked at what we have and attempted to be more grateful about things like if you just changed your frame of mind is what i'm really trying to say mm-hmm. you would find that life isn't as deadly as we make it we make life out to be like the worst, the bad guy. Like, yeah. if you were a fish, there, there's no oxygen in the water. Like, fuck it all. And, and <laughs> listeners, you yeah. guys can't come for me because I am the biggest and most greatest person that could have ever wanted to unlock themselves. I had fucking reason. Okay. <laughs> no, you did not. There's no reason. Please, there's no reason. <laughs> all right. <laughs> in my head yeah at a certain time like that was my reason like i had mm. all the reasons i i just to be here i don't even know how to beg someone enough to let you know that you deserve to be here but i don't know if you guys remember this last year i did a podcast about my brother attempting suicide that was the most painful shit in my soul i never thought i'd ever recover from something like that and i'm glad we did He's fine. He's doing all right. Like, oh, life moves on. Good. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Um, I mean, not amazing, but also amazing um, that the outcome was that you, you still have your brother with you. How is he doing? He has a lot of dark days. I will definitely say that. He has more dark days than, than upper days. And I wish I could do more for him. Well, if you were to tell him one thing, what would you tell him? I would say, dude, I know that life is very scary and it seems impossible or unbearable to do. We're not home anymore. Do you think he knows that he has you? I hope so. You know, I I suck sometimes. I'm not always there for him, but... I don't think you suck. (laughs) <laughs> but it is uh do you feel like you're not there for him all the time as in like you're purposefully running away and staying like I'm I refuse to be part of his life um maybe a little bit of both like there's a part of me that runs away from him uh, when it comes to a lot of his issues because he is happy in his unhappiness and i feel like sometimes i drown with him with that there's a comfort there yeah because i feel like we were raised that way like we always had chaos and if there wasn't a form of chaos silence and if there's silence it was uncomfortable so he has a huge discomfort with silence um I, I don't really know how to express it more. 
I, you said it was something or something. Like, I would have saved him, yes. I would still do any and everything I can for him. But I also have boundaries where I can't drown in him because I, that leaves no room for anyone else in my life. I'm drowned, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, to be honest, you sound like you're doing a really good, healthy, sisterly job. <laughs> like, honestly, I wouldn't want any like of my sisters to be all up in my shit, you know, but I also want them to be there for me, even though they're not now, but like, you sound like you're doing way more than my sisters ever would. So, like, ever. <laughs> Maybe you're right, dude. <laughs> and boundaries are healthy. Remember? Healthy relationships. So, maybe <laughs> smothering him isn't the best idea, you know? That tough love, I guess. Uh, Who knows? I mean, you know, maybe, like, sometime in the future we'll be like, wow, like, what a time we were at... In that podcast. <laughs> True. You can mark time with it. As well as see how far you've come. You know? Of course. And to my awesome listeners. Like I appreciate you guys for just sitting and listening to us for a while. Like I hope that you do consider things that we've talked about. But otherwise I appreciate the fact that you just hung out. Like because of you I can be me. <laughs> and before we go, I just wanted to say, you know, if you're ever feeling lonely and feeling low and you don't have a friend, maybe I don't personally know you. Maybe I have not physically met you, but I want you to know that you are important. I'm not saying that as like a script thing. I'm not saying that because of anything weird, I guess. But you do matter and you deserve to be here. And that's the truth. You need to tell that to yourself. Fuck yeah, yes. you do. No. <laughs> Gosh. I love you guys. Ah, I love you guys too. Honestly, that's a really good point. I feel like there's a certain amount of loneliness being out here sometimes. I mean, we got all this going on, you know? And yeah. I would want our, you know, viewers and listeners to uh, just know that, like, we're out here and we're willing to listen and there's a friend out here for you if you just need someone to talk to heck you know, yeah just send in out. your messages yeah talk. we'll share your story hells yeah we will i would love to hear some stories from any of our listeners <laughs> <laughs> but all right guys until next time until next time <laughs>